0: I have for you today a message that we're continuing from last week on generational curses. So generational curses versus blessings. And in our message today, it's all based off of this whole concept of generational curses. is based off of Exodus 24 through 6. Now there are other verses that people have have proposed like... This is why I believe in generational curses. This is one of them. They come from the Ten Commandments. And I'm going to throw a bunch of verses up here today to pick off what we talked about last week to prove that there is no such thing as a generational curse. I still use that term, generational curse, because I want to redeem that, that, that phrase. But what I mean when I say the word generational curse is that there are sins that have been prevalent in your family line, i.e. your mom, your dad, and their family, and their family, and so on and so forth, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. That's what I mean when I say generational curses. It's like, okay, in in my family, um, nobody has a struggle with, with, uh, let me make something up heroin in my family that pattern is not in my family it might be in yours uh, there was I believe what my dad told me before that there was uh, alcoholism in my family I had never seen it and in in, I'd never seen my dad but he said uh, at, there was one point where he drank a lot but as a kid I never I never saw it so he chose in his generation to break that curse Um, there there are some people that that there there are eating disorders in their family line and it's gone down from from family to family until someone decides to break that curse so when I use the word curse I'm just talking about patterns that have been passed down from generation to generation and here's what Jesus has set us free to do to say no more like I'm filled with the spirit I don't have to do this sin and this is so applicable to everybody listening to this message because when we when we sin, let me use I statements here. When I sin, when I'm prone to anger, when I'm prone to harsh criticism, when I'm prone to to lying, cheating, killing, stealing, destroying, all those things, I can say, wait, wait, where is this coming from? This is probably a pattern in my family, whether or not I saw it or not. Whether it goes back to Adam or my or my dad or my dad's dad or my dad's dad's dad. But I, I can realize that I'm that I'm free from it. Now let me show you some verses here. Now, if you turn, I'm going electronic Bible today, this is this is all this is all new to me here. but look at look at Ezekiel, uh, chapter eighteen. Can I get that clicker here? Okay, Ezekiel eighteen. Now, I was reading this. this is this happens to be in my in my uh, my daily reading. I'm going through the Bible app, and right now I'm in the Book of Ezekiel. Chapter 18 of Ezekiel is is God telling the children of Israel he stopped making excuses. And you know what their excuse was? Their excuse was, well, well, our, our forefathers did these sins and we're paying for them now. And God says, no, if you go back to this passage, Exodus 20 verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. He's talking about idols. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Look at this word right here. Of those who what? See, so when God is visiting the iniquity, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generation, it's to those who hate God. Now look at the contrast. The context is verse 6. But... Showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Boom. Not under a curse, those who love God and keep his commandments. Now look at this. Look at Ezekiel 18. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. This is that same concept of like, well, our forefathers... Chewed on these things, and then now we're now we're feeling the effects of it. You see it? It's a proverb that's ripped out of context, which is which is what the devil does. If if you take a verse and rip it out of context, you're doing what the devil did when he tempted Jesus on the temple. Remember, he said, "Jump down from here." Quoted Psalm 91. That verse is not talking about jumping off buildings. It's talking about abiding in the in the safety of God. So whenever we take verses out of context, like what they're doing here. It's, we're following the devil. So they quote this proverb, verse 3, Ezekiel eighteen three. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you. Stop using this as an excuse, he says. Verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. The souls of the Father as well as the souls of the Son is mine. Now here's here's the part I highlight. The soul who sins shall die. What about the soul who doesn't sin? Shall they die? Well, not... not not a death like what he's talking about here. It's just like saying, if you drink like your daddy drank and your daddy died because he drank so much, then you'll die. If you keep doing this like your daddy did and his your grandfather did, then, then you'll feel the effects. Now that's Ezekiel 18. The whole chapter is like this. The whole chapter is stop making excuses. Fast forward to Ezekiel 18, 19. Check out what he says. Yet you say, why should not the son suffer for the iniquity of the father? When the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to observe all my statutes, he shall surely live. Look at 20. Watch this. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father. And he even goes a little bit further. Nor the father should suffer for the iniquity of the son. So if, if... someone believes in this thing called generational curse and they say you know what i'm just destined to i'm destined to be i'm doomed why because my my, my family my, my generations they they caused this curse upon our family and and people could say this about i don't know take a famous family i don't know like, like like the kennedys they they could they might say and i don't i've never talked to any of them they could say well we're obviously cursed you know Look at all these assassinations and these killings and or, or a lot of families okay but here it's saying, no, you're not gonna pay for the sins of your forefathers. Right? You don't have to. The reason why we're suffering, children of Israel, the reason why they might be suffering is because they're repeating the sins. Now look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet also talks about this. Jeremiah 31:29. In those days they shall no longer say, either hey, going to the same proverb. This is a problem in Israel. Excuses. The fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Same excuse. Well, our forefathers did this. That's why our teeth are like this. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. This is responsibility now. Each man who eats sour grapes, his teeth shall be set on edge. Okay, let's go back to Ezekiel. Remember Ezekiel? A lot of Ezekiel is, is uh, hey, stop making excuses own your stuff. Ezekiel thirty-three, fourteen. Again, though I, I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. Yet if he turns from his sin and does what is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has taken by robbery and walks in the statues of life not doing injustice, he shall surely live. So these people can't... God's saying this. Look, the reason why you're suffering is because you're doing bad things. You can't blame it on anybody else. You can't blame it on anybody. You can't even say the devil made me do it or my parents made me do it. We, we God has given us uh, self-control, the spirit of self-control. Okay, Exodus thirty-four six. Look at how gracious God is. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord of uh, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But who will by no means clear the guilty? He's going to visit the iniquity of the fa- of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. But by no means clearing the guilty. Look at the word here, the guilty. So if they're innocent, they're not going to be they're not going to be punished. Punished. Kylie, Kylie, take him, take him outside. Uh, so look at this. we can't say I'm suffering. And I'm, I'm suffering because my, my forefathers did something. God's saying here, no. The guilty do. Okay, one, one more verse here. And I'm going to pull from the New Testament. Acts 10.43 To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is a catch-all. Like, forgiveness is for everyone. Forgiveness is for everyone going back to Ezekiel 1820 I know I'm bouncing all over the place but I'm, I'm over and over and over I just wanted to show and demonstrate that there is no excuse there's no excuse for, for this generation we can't blame the previous generation of, of why we're going through suffering. We can choose to break generational curses, break generational patterns. The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. Okay, we covered that one this is, this is the last verse I'll share. This is the one I go to when, I talk, when I'm talking to someone who wants to be set free from drugs, from alcohol, from, from, from lust, from porn addiction, from all these things they might have, re- might have learned growing up. I say, you can be totally free. Why? Galatians 3.13 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So, believers have been set free from every kind of thing. And as you think about what things have been, that you saw growing up in your household, if you think about the things that you saw, the things that you're exposed to, the things that you saw at school growing up from kids who saw it from their parents, you can come up with a big list: physical things, psychological things, sociological things, and uh, spiritual things. And this is for you. This is for you to to uh, to really sit down and think: Why do I do the things that I do? Did I learn these things? Did I pick them up? Is it in my bloodline? Some people would think that it's a chemical imbalance that, they, that that's out of their control, I still believe everybody is, is held accountable to their own decisions. And I can't blame the chemicals in my body. So here's a prayer that I... I was sitting at a, a Sir a coffee shop today, and, and I wrote this prayer that would help anybody in, in closing here. Now, you would need to pray... Lord, what do I need to confess? Because one of the things that, one of the verses talks about confessing the sins of your forefathers. So think about something your grandpa did or your dad did, and, and, and we say, Lord, I, I confess on their behalf these sins. And I also confess that I did it. And I choose not to anymore. Here's the prayer. If you're joining us online, check, check this out. Gracious Father, there are sins in the, and you fill in the blank. In the Barang family, okay, in the Knoll family, in the Roybal, whatever, in the Smith family, in, in the in the in the Black family, in the White family, whatever. There are sins in my family that have destroyed us. The sins that have been passed down from the generations to generations are obvious. This, this, and this, and you name it. I would the first thing I think about is anger. I'm, I, I get angry all the time. And I'm like, wait a minute. I saw that somewhere else before I too have participated in the sin of anger thank you for your forgiveness on behalf of the family I confess and renounce the sins of you name it I rejoice in the truth that Christ redeemed me from this curse of the law by becoming a curse for me I talk a lot about this tree right and our tree can be so filled up full of full of uh, just bad fruit. And as I confess these things, it's like pulling up roots from the ground and all the bad fruit dying. And then here's what we have here. The person who has all their sins confessed is like their mind is so clear now. So clear and so free. So that's all I have. I, I said I would end right at 6:30. Uh, Let me close this with, with prayer. Father, thank you that there is really no such thing as a curse in the sense that I'm suffering today because of the sins of my forefathers and there's nothing I can do about it. Thank you for the truth that we found here in Galatians and the truth that we found in Ezekiel that or I'm probably suffering because of some choices that I've made. And I'm probably making those choices because... I've learned those things growing up. I was surrounded by it. But Lord, today, empowered by your Holy Spirit, we choose to say no to those things. Thank you for the power and the Holy Spirit that you give us to say no to those things and to say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen.